I'm going to just uh, sit here uh, tonight to kind of help myself uh, keep my composure that I can bring out what God has been dealing with me about. And uh, you, those of you that was here Sunday, Remember how the Spirit of God moved, and um, been been seeking God, praying, and of course we're in the middle of uh, our fasting and and everything. And I am so thankful for God and what He is doing. And I felt strongly impressed of the Lord today that I needed to get this out and that everybody needed to hear this and take it in. So that's that's one reason why I want to try to take my time and talk talk to you on a level that makes sure you can hear and understand what I'm saying because you need to hear this. And I'm going to use the same format as what I've been using on Wednesday night about Spotlight on Scripture. Uh, But the Scripture that I'm going to be spotlighting about tonight, and this is something that God spoke to me and strong. This was the first scripture that God gave me to let me know that he was in control of that election and that his fingerprints is all over it. I spoke to you through the Spirit Sunday that the one who wins the election was going to be God's choice. Thank you, Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I'm just going to bring it out just plain, direct from the King James Version because I want you to see how It's translated here. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us. This is what God spoke to me about. The first thing he spoke to me about this election We will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God has distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject titled, No Time to boast, gloat, 
or brag. No time to boast, gloat, or brag. God shook my soul about this because there was so much going on social media. I want I want everybody to know I do not I do not hate Hillary Clinton. I hope and pray this lady is saved and make it to heaven just like any other soul. And there's a lot of people, even people who call themselves children of God, are doing a lot of boasting and gloating and bragging and everything else about the election. But I'm going to tell you something. Man didn't have nothing to do with this. It was 100% God. We as a nation have witnessed one of the greatest blindsides in the history of American politics. Now, if you watch Survivor, you know what a blindside is. Well, we have had one in American politics that's one of the greatest it's ever been. All the pundits were sure that Hillary was going to be the next president. I seen a copy, not, not a handheld copy, but a picture that was somebody that, that, that leaked out. I seen a leaked out copy from Time magazine that they already had the draft of the, of, of the front page of their Time magazine with Hillary on the front page with the title, Madam President. They already had it printed, ready to go. Amen. But with all the analysis from the experts, I, I apologize, I've tried to sit down. With all the analysis from the experts, so-called experts, going on, there was one factor that they all left out of the equation. They were coming up with this analysis and that analysis and how this will happen and this will go on like this, and they were trying to come up with every equation they could to, uh, to let everybody think or to... It was going to go out the opposite way. But there was one equation left out, and that was the God factor. When you leave God out, you're going to get messed up. Oh, hallelujah. Now, but even though things has transpired to where they still can't believe it. Christians all over the planet do not have the time, no personal reason to boast, gloat, or brag over this election. Let me tell you what has, what has happened. 
humbling faces before a mighty God and praying for this nation, God has stepped in and intervened to grant us a little more time to prepare ourselves and also reach those who have not come in as yet but have are ordained of God for eternal life. There were hundreds upon hundreds of people in Israel down on their knees praying for the United States. I know that God's doing a thing right now, and we're in the church age. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God still hears the prayer of the Jews over anybody else's. They're still his chosen people. And God says, don't brag or boast about the natural branch. God made a, made a comment about us, about us Gentile, the Gentile church, that ought to keep us down to level. Do you know why we're even around? Do you know why we're even a part of this thing and that, we, that, that we're in this kingdom? God is using us to bring, uh, bring jealousy to the Jews. That's what the book says. Second Chronicles 2 and 7, amen, helped turn its election around. People humbling themselves and praying, calling out to God. I know the world don't realize how close. I'm going to tell you something, church. If it had went the other way, we probably wouldn't have a had a year left. Things would start happening. You think you think things happened fast in the last eight years, man? It it it, it would have it would have come on the scene. But what got my soul, amen, bubbling and stirred up tonight, is that God has given us time. To make it right. He's given us time. He's given his bride time to make herself ready. And then not only to make ourselves ready, but reach out in the world to those who's not come in yet, but are going to come in because God has ordained them to eternal life and they're going to be brought in. I, it was, he was not my first choice and he was not my second choice. But when it got down to it, it was my only choice. Nobody is saying this man is a righteous man. But he is a vessel of God ordained for a purpose. You've heard me teach and preach many a time. 
The Bible says that in a great house that there are vessels of gold and of vessels of silver, vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. I've a lot of times preached that and used the analogy. We got a, a china cabinet at the house that got some very beautiful uh, china, some plates in there that's really, really beautiful. But they're only brought out for special occasions. Most of the time, I have to eat out of paper plates. They serve a purpose, but they don't go in the washing machine. They're thrown away. And God has got vessels of honor and dishonor. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, Pharaoh was just as much a vessel of God as Moses was. We are seeing the book of Daniel open up again. I'm going to tell you who our president elect is. Isaiah chapter 44, verse 28. That saith of Cyrus, Cyrus was a king of the Persian Empire, the ones that took over the Babylonians, and he's the one who was there during Daniel's reign in the book of Daniel. This right here in Isaiah 44 was prophesied long before it happened. It was a prophecy long before it happened. Notice, now Cyrus was a heathen. Cyrus was a heathen king. Ruling over a heathen nation. He didn't believe in one God. He didn't believe in three gods. He believed in a multiplicity of gods. Hundreds committed acts of terrible violence against countries that, that they, his armies went against and had people tortured and slaughtered and killed. He was not a holy man. But look what God said about him. He is my shepherd. He is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and the temple and the foundation shall be laid. God is rehearsing this thing all over again. Donald Trump is God Cyrus for this day and for this hour. Because just like back then, a temple has got to be built, but not a temple with hands, a spiritual temple. Hallelujah. A church of righteousness and holiness and the power of God. And it's got to be flourishing. It's got to be flourishing before Christ comes. And God has brought this man up to help see it come about. 
Is anybody here understanding what I'm saying tonight? You might not realize it yet. But this election going the way it has, has given the church extra time. The clock on eternity's hand that was approaching midnight has been turned backwards a little bit. And the reason of it is, is not because that we're so good and we're so holy and righteous and that we're exactly where we need to be, but it's because of people praying and God's mercy and grace, amen, to see his church be ready when he comes. Hallelujah. But not only, not only for us, but there's still people that's out there that's not ready. But even though they're not ready, their name is in the book of life. I'm going to tell you something. If your name is in the book of life, and it ever has been in the book of life, it wasn't wrote down the night that you repented or the night you got baptized or day or the night or day you got filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says the names in the book of life were put there before the foundation of the world by the foreknowledge of God. God's foreknowledge, hallelujah. He knew who was going to believe. He knew who was going to yield to him before it all come together. God set his plan in order and my name was put there and yours there and there People right now in the world living like the devil, but the names in the book of life, because God said, I'm going to bring them. Put that first point up there. God has a people who have yet to be called. We got some work to do, church. Let me give you scripture for what I'm saying. I want to give you an example of something about this people out there. They're people of God, even though they're not being called yet, they hadn't come in yet. Hallelujah. The book of Acts. Chapter 18, verses 9 and 10. Let's look at this. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night. 
by vision. Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. Next verse. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. This is the second verse of Scripture that God gave me today. Now, I'm not going to take the time to read it all, but if you go back and you read this chapter, the previous chapter, you'll find out that this was when Paul first went in to Corinth. He went to the Jews like he always did. They wouldn't receive him in the Jewish synagogue. And he was mistreated. Paul had just got there. Brother Bobby, he hadn't, he hadn't preached one message to the people in Corinth. He hadn't baptized one soul. Hadn't nobody in Corinth got right with God yet. But God came to Paul in this vision in the night, told him, don't fear. He said, not only you don't fear because, number one, I'm with you, but also no man shall sit on thee to hurt thee, for I have, not I will have, but I have much people in this city before any Corinthian ever got right with God. Who was those people? That was the people that God had preordained. People who God had written down their name in the book of life because he knew who it was going to be by his divine foreknowledge. Somebody had to reach him. He sent, he sent Paul that way. <laughs> God still got a lot of folks in this world. He's not through saving yet. He's not through filling with the Holy Ghost yet. I like I like the word that brother uh, brother Dare used. God has given us a reprieve. It's been ordained by God. I hope and pray everybody in our assembly sees that and feels that. Because it's important to what God wants to do. And we're going to see happen in the next three to four years. As time moves on, you're going to see more and more how this is God's design. Not because our president-elect is a righteous man and a holy man, but just like Cyrus, a heathen king, who God said, he's my shepherd. I want to see my temple rebuilt in Jerusalem, and I'm going to use him to help get it done. Second thing I want to bring out, I'm telling you folks,
God stirred me so much about this. The second thing, God grants a season of rest to build his house. By Mr. Trump getting in has brought us a season of rest. And I'm going to explain what I mean. 1 Kings chapter 5, and I'm going to read verses 2 through 5. And Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, Thou knowest how that David, my father, could not build a house unto the name of the Lord his God for the wars which are about him on every side, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side, so that there is neither adversary nor evil or current. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build a house unto my name. David's greatest desire was to build God. His whole reign was a war here. He couldn't focus on nothing else because he was always having to contend with a war. But when Solomon come along, the miraculous hand of God came and brought Solomon rest. There was not one kingdom come against him. This is something else God gave me. I said, God, how does this fit in? He said, he said, when I rose up, Trump, I'm granting my people a rest. And the rest is this. It's not that we're not going to have, it's not that we're not going to have things to contend with, but we're not going to have to worry about, for the next three to four years, our religious freedom. Wherever God opens up a door, we're going to be able to go out from the four walls and we're going to be able to, we're going to, be able to minister. There's not, there's not going to be no more for, four, for three to four years, there's not going to be no more ungodly decrees from the Supreme Court. I'm telling you, God has issued in a season of rest, a season of rest for revival, for revival, for revival. God, let's get a hold of this. There ain't going to be another time around. We ain't going to get another time. This is the final time. We either going to do it now or never. Now or never. Now or never for your loved ones that you don't want to see die lost. Now or never for all the names.
in this. Solomon, if you read the reign of Solomon, he had issues to deal with. But he didn't have to worry about nothing. No enemy bringing war against him because God had granted him a season of rest. He said on every side, on every side. God told me today that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. That's what I meant a few minutes ago when I said if it went the other way, things would have sped up. We, we, would, we would have people put on the Supreme Court. The abortions would be tripled and doubled. You see, now I'm not telling you that all evil's been wiped out. Because, unfortunately, some things has happened in this election. The state of Colorado, and they're on their election, passed and approved assisted suicide. That if somebody feels like it, they, they're too sick to live, they can they uh, they can get uh, get a doctor and go on out uh, let them, give them get them uh, drugs to send them on out of this world. Colorado passed that law. So, so I'm not trying to tell you that this is paradise, but what I'm telling you is God has granted reprieve. He's given us a season of rest, church. You ain't going to have to worry about your religious freedom. If God, if God lays on your heart to go out here and stand on the street corner and sing or preach, you ain't going to have to worry about it. Because we're in that season of rest. But in bringing this to a close, back to what I'm talking about, not a time, the title, not a time, to boast or to brag or to gloat. Not a time to go out and and call Hillary Clinton everything but a dog. That's not that's that's uh, that's not God's spirit. It's the time to recognize the glorious thing that God has granted us. <laughs> I'm excited about what God's going to do in the next three to four years. And it's really up to us how far this goes. Hallelujah. It's up to us. God's hand is, is in this church. And let us not grow weary. Let us be thankful for what God has granted us.
telling you to love everything about the man that is our president now, or will be. But please recognize, he's, he's going to be used by God so the church can get ready. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm thankful to the Lord. I really am thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.